Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Pat, got a question for you. What does fractional banking gay pastors and South Park all have in common. They all belong in the fryer. You are correct. Um, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about all of those things because it's a fish fry Friday right here on critical thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. Let's get right into it. Good Friday to you all. The first Friday in Lent for those of us who are Christians. Welcome on in, um, Mr. Pat Oni. How are you today? Um, have you recovered from your mighty shoveling expedition? No. <laughs> no. 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 Are you sure? Are you sure that you you're not recovered? Uh, yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm still pretty sore. Um, for those that don't know, um. Was it two nights ago? Yeah, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've had the worst snowstorm that I've ever seen since we've lived in since I've lived in Utah anyway. And uh, we ended up. It started snowing. I think what Tuesday night, and then by Wednesday, I mean we had in some spots due to due to some snowdrifts, um, snow that was up to my knees. Mm-hmm. And my snowblower could not handle my driveway because it's not exactly very big. And then there was more snow than that thing could handle. Ate through my batteries. And so I had to do the most of the driveway by hand. Needless to say, my muscles got to work out. Yeah. And apparently so did your uh, rest of your system because you couldn't uh, participate in the show yesterday. Well, that was not due to the shoveling of snow. It was due to some other things that. Well, that you happened. see, the two are likely yeah. related there, Pat, uh, putting two and two together. Your your body was overworked and thus created the issue that that uh, precluded you from joining us yesterday. Now, uh, that having uh, been uh, said, uh, you know, um, I had all the pictures on Facebook and all that stuff because Snowstorm Delilah just absolutely ripped apart uh, almost all of Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh here in Chicago we got wind and rain. That's it. 
they got the wind and the snow up there. So um, hopefully everybody who was affected by Snowstorm Delilah had a has had a all right time dealing with it because there were power outages and all sorts of stuff. All right. All that notwithstanding, um, we are here on a Friday, which means we're going to give you our best and worst of the week. We're going to crown a brand new Richard of the week and, of course, throw some of the things into the fryer. Um, you want to start with our best of the week, Pat? Uh, if you like. All right. Let's start with Pat's best of the week. And the best of the week comes from Jesse Kelly on Twitter. And Jesse Kelly noted, I wonder how many people on the right are under the delusion that we are currently winning anything. We're playing defense still. Banning things is good and necessary, but that's just trying to stop the communist hordes. We haven't even begun to take back an inch of ground. All right. So, Pat, why is this your best of the week? Because that's a guy that knows what time it is, first of all. And we, we've been saying this for a long time. And, and for whatever reason, a lot of people on the right don't seem to understand this. We're still playing defense. We really are. I mean, can, can, you, can you tell me how many victories we've had in the last, give or take, decade that are anything significant? Um, hello, versus Roe Wade? versus Wade? Yeah. Uh, Earth to Roe versus Wade. Uh, do you want to say sit besides Roe versus Wade? Um, yeah, I would also look at the states that we 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 hold thirty plus states in, in terms of the GOP. Is that really playing defense, or is that the opportunity to play offense? Now, I will agree with you that they haven't taken the ball and and just shoved it down That's the throat of the opponent. That's my. But point. can you do that all the time? No, not all the time, but they don't. I mean, here's the thing: they're not. They're not doing this. I, I'm, I, I'll say this, Pat. How many states have funds have funded students, not systems, in the last year? Oh, there's a handful. Yeah, there's almost a baker's dozen of them now. Mm. Is that winning? Is that playing offense? So, um, <clears throat> I, I will take umbrage with this tweet on multiple levels. Um, for myself, um, and, and here's why banning things is not an answer. And, and, and I'll go this direction. When we look at Jesus Christ in, in the gospels, right. And the mm -hmm. story of Jesus's life, did Jesus go out and ban things? No. To win? No, he did no. not. No, he did not. But, and but I look at it from the perspective of. What does banning accomplish? Now, I will see that certain things have to be stopped at the front door, right? You can't just let certain things in, right? So I will seed some of that. But what I see from Jesse Kelly's tweet here is a lack of understanding of two of the fundamental things that we have won on, life and education, and we're continuing to roll the ball down the hill of education, by the way, We're, we could be somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 states who will fund students, not systems in the next couple of years. But, but, but here's the thing. I mean, yes, it's, it's been in uh, a handful of states, but it's not enough. 
you know, it's how is it not enough to go from zero to 15 to 20? You, you can't snap. This is not this is not something you snap your fingers and just do. True. But it, it, my point is this. This is not necessarily about education and, and pro-life stuff alone. This is a culture thing. How this do you is, how do you start winning? You 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 we have the biggest win politically in the last 50 years. Have the biggest win on either side of the aisle for the last 50 years happened to us last year, Pat. Roe I mean, versus I, like, Wade, I, I told, the, I, I, the I, I, biggest I, abomination I, I, since prohibition. We we won this, right? That's why so, I aside from that. Right. And then secondly, we are changing the culture with education. We are now saying we are going to take the power away from the unions and the indoctrination centers and give it mm-hmm. to the parents and the students to do as they want to please with their money, because ultimately that's what it is. Their education dollars will now speak for themselves. Hey, if you've got a great public education system, and there are lots of them in this country, I would suggest that they're also very great at indoctrinating into left-wing ideology, but in some cases they do have great academic credentials to them. Okay, if that's what you choose. But if I want to choose to homeschool, if I want to choose this, if I want to choose that, we have gone from zero funding students, not systems, to over 10 of them in the last year, Pat. And we are likely to see 15 to 20 states. So how do you not consider that winning when now we have an ability to affect the culture from the very time that somebody is born or conceived to the time that they are educated? We have got an ability to do something we never had before. So I'm going to disagree with Jesse Kelly from that perspective and from the banning perspective. What does banning accomplish? We have, we have, have we, would we have not learned anything from history in, at any point in time? Who's banning stuff right now? Putin. Who's banning stuff right now? Ukraine. Are they, are they good, great, grand, wonderful? Hail to the no, they're not. Let's remember, Ukraine is banning any religion outside of the Orthodox Church. They are banning any political opposition. Same with so Russia. What, what, so what, let me ask you this. What about, uh, say, banning the jabs or banning pornography in school? So banning the jabs is not something that, as I look at it, Pat, would come from a, a side of fear what are we banning? We're banning something that is harmful, not just to our psyche, but to everybody. This is this has the potential to create death and long-term health consequences. That that is aside for you, would you ban would you suggest banning arsenic? Yeah, right? Except for in in certain in you know certain cases. So I would suggest that banning the shot is different than what Jesse Kelly is talking about. Jesse Kelly is talking about banning books. Jesse Kelly is talking about all these other things that some on the right have suggested. Well, we have to ban these books. We have to do this. We have to ban Drake Queen Story Hour. No, we don't. We don't have to ban that. We have to stand up to it. 
we have to speak louder. In some cases, like we highlighted earlier this week, speaking louder mm-hmm. was speaking silently. We have to be able to counter the culture, right? We are the counterculture. We have to be able to stand up and, and be who we are. The, the side of what? <clears throat> the side who bans is the side who loses, okay? It has always been that way throughout all of human history. That's where I come down on that. I, You look at the banning of the shot is not a, a ban on somebody's want or need. It is a ban on something that has physical implications. That is a totally, like, for instance. But not everyone ban, sees it that way. Hmm? Not everyone sees it that way. Doesn't matter how everyone sees it. You're never going to please everybody. You're never going to. The banning of that is a, is a, totally different scenario than what jesse kelly is talking about in his tweet as i read it pat i read it as what we're banning things what things first of all we have never banned the shot ever nobody has ever banned the shot who where what state what municipality what government agency what where no we've never banned the shot would i suggest that that is would i suggest pulling the shot especially the the Pfizer shot off of the market absolutely would be the right move. But am I banning it? No, I'm pulling it from the market because of its unsafe. It's unsafeness. That's a totally different thing. We're not banning it. We're saying, no, we're pulling it from the market because it's unsafe. It's the same thing when uh, we, we just had a baby formula issue where there were there was bacteria found, right? We're not banning it. We're pulling it from the market for safety reasons. Okay, so then you didn't answer my second part of the question here. Uh-huh. What about pornography in schools? So that is a different issue in and of itself because you are dealing with under 18, right? So we're so would Jesse Kelly suggest that we should ba- ban Drag Queen Story Hour? Yes, he would. Would he suggest that we should ban um, drag shows? Yes, he would. I would suggest that parents have quite a bit of influence here. Now, I would also suggest that if we're going down this road, right, are would those same parents and the same superintendents in the same school districts allow Playboy? No, they wouldn't. Why not? Right. So we're using we can use their standard. We don't have to ban anything necessarily. We just have to say no. This isn't. Anything that depicts sexual acts in a graphic manner, right? Beyond like, you know, a descriptive euphemism thing, you know, where are we going when it comes to that? Age appropriateness is different than banning. We're just going to say, yeah, no, we're just not going to expose uh, a 10 year old to sexualization, right? We're we're just not going to do that. But in a high school library, maybe that does belong there. Right? There, there's a different conversation and a different nuance there. Mm, see, this is where I take umbrage with it because you're still under the age of 18, generally speaking, until you're at least maybe a senior in high school, sometimes not until after you graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that pornography is a very addictive drug addictive type thing um right but we already ban 
all sorts of pornography. What you're really talking about are are some of these graphic gender ideology books, right? That's what you're talking about. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not singling that out. I'm talking about it. Period. Like it's not. Okay, so not those even, are two different. Con- these are two different mm-hmm. conversations for me. Okay, because I mm-hmm. I firmly believe as you grow older, you have the right to be able to expose yourself or. Um, there to, are age appropriate things. I agree, right. but but I, what I am saying is, is that there are still some things even even through twelfth grade that should not be in that school library until after you've graduated. Um, I point blank, amen. Like like that that is not something you know anybody should be. I mean, there's things I think that you should be exposed to at the college level, not necessarily in high school. Um. So, no, right, I, but, I but don't. That is an imposition. Important. And this is how I, I come down on this. That is an imposition of your morality and your conscious on well, somebody isn't, else. Isn't that, an, isn't that an imposition of anyone's morality? You know, whether that whether or not they want it in or not in schools. I, I would say this. If they're if they were to have a blanket policy of we're going to allow it all. Mm hmm. I would have a problem with it, right? But the 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 other aspect that I struggle with is you also have a right to not participate in it. There are thousands, if not tens of thousands of books in every single public library or school library, right? Uh mm-hmm. let's just take high school as an example, right? Have you ever have you read even a 1% of those? Have you ever been exposed to even more than 1%? No. So now I get the shocking nature of some of these things and and the ability for it to potentially be passed around and all of those things. Right. And thus subverting the will of parents to the exposition of of these ideas. But. I would suggest that the issue you're really talking about here and that Jesse Kelly would be talking about is banning what the gender ideology books the the books that expose to you know gay oral sex and this and that and the other things that we have that we've seen exist that's really what is is at play here because nobody's suggesting that playboy belongs right there you know in that area nobody's suggesting that sexually graphic graphic novels should exist in a school setting nobody is on either side of this what is happening is one side, right? The gender ideology side of things is attempting to expose children to these things. I would suggest that there are age appropriate levels in which some of these things should exist. And why? Because it's important for the generalized conversation. If you just stick your head in the sand to not realize that these things ultimately do actually exist is also something that stifles your ability to have the argument that you and I are having right now, Pat, right? Mm. Or not even an argument, a conversation that we are having. So that's where I come down with this. I think it's very interesting. I think it's an interesting tweet in the fact that I agree with parts, part and parcels of it, but I think he's missing the fact that we've got two very big wins and we are continuing to roll the the ball down the field, if you will, right? It's like saying, well, Hey man, we only got one first down and and we're not playing you know what I mean? Like we we've got the first down on the first drive. Yeah, exactly. We're we're starting to get that ball closer to the goal line, right? 
we have a very long way to go. I would suggest we are probably somewhere in that, you know, we're sitting at our own 40-yard line right now. So, yes, in some ways we are still playing defense, but we are much closer to being on offense than ever before. It just doesn't look the same way because we aren't the same people as the left. The left is going to scream from the high heavens and, and give you all the insanity, right? What does winning look like? A return to what? Traditional, more normal-looking or feeling society? So it's going to look and feel very different when you win. I, I, I just I don't know how you can look at winning on the thing that we have fought the hardest for for 50 freaking years as Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly didn't get a caveat that you did. Mm. Right? Jesse Kelly didn't give that caveat. Well, outside of that, that thing that everyone on this side of the aisle fought for, right? The one thing that unified everybody, whether you want to talk about tax policy, banning of, of this or that, or religion or this or that, this is the one thing that nearly 90% of everybody on the right or in libertarian circles would agree upon. We won. We won the fight. To diminish that a year, less than a year from that actual win is insane to me. To minimize the wins in education and the because what really that win is about is lessening government power in your life. It is not just about education. It's about me as a property tax payer, right? It is about um, those who have students in those systems, getting them out. You know, uh, the refrain I hear throughout the Chicago mayoral election right now, your zip code shouldn't dictate your education, except for that's exactly what you want because you don't want students to have the ability to get a proper education. We spend $28,000 per student to fail them. And the answer is, we the, the, the zip code shouldn't matter. We need to fund those underfunded. No, you, you have, when I got here, Pat, we were spending $13,000 per pupil in the state of Illinois, in Chicago, more specifically. We have now given $15,000 per student more to that education system in less than a decade. And, sudden, and, and, and we've gotten worse results. But the fight isn't just here in the, you know, we're looking at Oklahoma, we look at Arizona, we look at all these other states that have passed all of these fund students, not system bills, right? That have put it into practice. I can't think of how you win more than that. How do you change the culture more than that? Now, does it take some time for these results to come to maturation? Of course they do, but you can't. You don't just snap your fingers and and everything is different. That's not how the that's not how we got here, and that's not how you reverse it. You don't just overnight. It's it's the same concept with the civil rights bill. You can't just overnight change automatically. The the South is no longer racist. That's not how that worked, right? Now there's still a lot of racism in the South when you compare it to the North, right? Or you compare it to the Midwest and blah 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 blah. But it's far less than it was 50, 60 years ago. 
So that's where I that's why I have this as one of I understand the the concept that we are not overall winning because we do see the debasement of our culture still. We still see that you know some of the some of the leftist ideology and power and things like that continuing to roll down the hill. But we are continuing to reverse some of those things at the same time. In some ways they're winning, in some ways we're winning. I just don't know how you look at those things and say we're not. But that's neither well, here nor I, there. I, I would even say in some ways the right is even pushing leftist crap down our throat still to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with – see, I, I really struggled with the my best story of the week. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I got two small ones, um, and I'm gonna play one that comes from South Park first, Pat. But then I have my real best of the week. You here for an abortion too? Yeah, I discovered a few days ago I wasn't bleeding out my coos, so I guess I'm knocked up. Is this doctor any good? Mrs. Garrison? Oh, that's me. Hello, doctor. Looks like I need an abortion. An abortion? Yeah, I've got one growing inside me. Now, you're going to scramble its brains or just vacuum it out? If you want, you can just scramble it and I'll queef it out myself. Mr. Garrison. Mrs. Garrison. Mrs. Garrison, you can't have an abortion. Don't you tell me what I can and can't do with my body. A woman has a right to choose. No, I mean you're physically unable to have an abortion because you can't get pregnant. But I missed my period. You can't have periods either. You had a sex change, Mr. Garrison, but you don't have ovaries or a womb. You don't produce eggs. You mean, I'll never know what it feels like to have a baby grown inside me and then scramble its brains and vacuum it out? That's right. But I paid $5,000 to be a woman. This would mean I'm not really a woman. It's, I'm just a I'm just a guy with a mutilated penis. Basically, yes. Oh boy, do I feel like a jackass. Now, <laughs> what you may or may not know about this, because it has made the rounds over the last week, is that this is from a 2005 episode of South Park. This is the conversation that people are literally having to have today and taking it seriously. 2005, Pat. Talk about prophesizing. Now, my real uh, best of the week is a, is, a, um, is a pastor who has a series online of different types of sermons. And I think it's something that we need to hear from a biblical perspective about monetary policy today. And then that guy goes off to the next Christian and says, hey, I'm in a bad spot, difficult situation, I need a hundred bucks. And, uh, you know, I'll give you my cloak as security deposit. And the guy says, you know, really? Oh, okay, I guess so. Here's the hundred bucks. And we'll take, in theory, your cloak as a security deposit. Now this guy goes off and does that 10 times off the same security deposit. So this is a deposit for security, and he's now gotten 10 loans off of the one security deposit. God says, you can't do that. Why? Because it's fraudulent. It's lying. 
right? You're getting a bunch of loans on one item. It's fraudulent, it's lying to your neighbor, it's deceptive, and it is our modern banking system. <clears throat> Fractional reserve currency. Evil, sinful, fraudulent, deceptive, abusive. It's an economics lesson from the law of God. God has so much to say about currency, about fiat currency, about banking and how to do these sorts of things. Bless you, Pat. Thank Bless you. Bless your soul. Thank you. Thank you. I <laughs> appreciate it. Um, for, for context sake, what, what, what's going on here? He is talking about fractional reserve currency. He is talking about God's laws, right? And right. Um, as we take a look at this, right, I, I think you have to know that <clears throat> that's all you need to know. I, there's nothing, there's no other context needed. He is giving a sermon in, re, in regards to that. that. That's all we need to know. But I want to I ask you this. How many times have we seen somebody from the pulpit decry our modern Federal Reserve currency system from the pulpit? <clears throat> See, I've, I've been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for officially for 16 years. I've not once heard anyone say anything like this. And, and it's ironic because I would I would guess the if you were to look at the Book of Mormon, this is exactly what it would tell you, right? That uh, fractional banking and what and this is true because if you look at the laws in Leviticus, right? If you look at that, I don't know how many Christians have ever studied the laws of Leviticus because they are really laws of Judaism, Judaism, right? Right. Uh, more so than Christianity. But he does talk about the loaning, right? And you don't fractionalize it. You don't loan, you know, 10, 10 times off of the same thing. That's not how this works. We, we have a very fractured and fractional banking system in the United States of America. And, um, I, you know, it's gotten us in trouble in the past, but we haven't learned from it, right? So I, I look at it from the perspective of he's dead on when it comes to the biblical sense of money and lending and all of these things. There are biblical laws that exist as to what is and isn't correct. Just going to go on a limb here, uh, guessing as a society, we don't generally follow those laws anymore. Generally. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. what laws? Right, right. No, no, no. I mean, actual. Like, are you talking about the laws of Leviticus? No, no. I'm just just talking about like these, like with in terms of. Uh, oh, how did you say it? The the the, the fractional, fractional reserve banking yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. Of course yeah. not. Of course yeah. not. We we haven't for a very long time. There was a time where where we were much closer to this, because also God has spoken about the lending practices in which you don't charge interest, you know that sort of stuff. Um, and, and we've long since gone past that. Um, so I think it's interesting to see what, what happens here, right? They, they take that collateral and then lend off of the collateral today, right? And they split up that collateral 10 different ways, but it's really just off of one thing. 
So I think it was a very interesting take to hear this from a pastor, right? Talking about fiscal policy and banking and our federal reserve system. I thought it was fascinating. All right. With that being said, though, Pat, I think it is time for us to also then, I don't know, how about we play a little bit of the B or not the B? Oh, let's play. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. With that, Pat, lay the headline on me maybe twice. Family that can't afford groceries comforted by fact we have most diverse administration in history. Family that can't afford groceries comforted by fact that we have the most diverse administration in history. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, uh, folks, it's Friday. It's Friday. Well, for for me, it's early Friday morning right now as we record this. Um, If you need a morning pick-me-up, you need to go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. They don't care about your politics. So if you don't agree with some of the stuff that we've talked about on this show, it doesn't matter because they they don't care. They don't care what what your politics are. They don't want your vote. They want your dollars. They want your business. And then they want to, in return, make you a good quality product and send it right to your door. Everything is freshly roasted, by the way, and freshly packaged and shipped directly to you. This isn't something where they just go and pull it off the shelf in the warehouse and they send it to you. It's not how this works. Okay, all you need to do, and if you're not a coffee drinker, by the way, they've got other options. They've got tea. They've got hot chocolate, which is what I what I do. I do the hot chocolate stuff. And the last couple of days when having to shovel snow, oh, my goodness, does that stuff taste good? Just saying. All right. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code critical thinking at checkout and you'll get 5% off your purchase. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code critical thinking at checkout. And you'll get 5% off your purchase today. Mm-hmm. All right. Family that can't afford groceries is comforted by the fact that we have the most diverse administration in history. Is this the B or not to be Andrew Coppins? Your answer. This is a really difficult one because I could see this being both. Um, because we do know that this is what Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, decided to tell us from the uh, lectern or the podium um, from the White House press room yesterday spoiler alert she's one of our richer of the week nominees uh-huh we'll, we'll get into that in a moment yep. um i really struggle with this one but i'm gonna go with this being uh the babylon b are you sure no i'm gonna go with not the b because i want to win some money which are i did famously sure? yesterday by the way humble brag Turned a dollar on an eight-leg parlay in the Europa League. That's right. Yeah, didn't you win like 260 bucks or something like that? Yep, $258.46, but who's counting? Apparently you are. Well, I mean, Uh, if you took a dollar and turned it into $250, mm -hmm. wouldn't you be humbly bragging? Okay, so you've gone from the B to not the B all of a sudden. not the B. Uh, What's your final answer here? Not the B. Final answer? Final answer. Well, you just lost some of that 258 bucks, apparently. No, I didn't. So, well, you got to so pay So we just deducted from the bill that uh, that um, Izzo still owes us? Oh, I guess we could do it that way. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is the Babylon Bee. Um, the Jonas is a local 
family of five that can no longer afford to buy groceries and taking comfort and inspiring knowledge that the Biden administration is more diverse than any administration in history. Listen, Timmy, I know you're hungry, but remember, the transportation secretary is gay. Isn't that great? Said Mark Jones to his son. Uh, it sure makes you feel warm inside, doesn't it? Almost feels like a full belly. Don't worry, we'll buy another bag of potatoes next week. The family reported that they have been struggling to pay bills with rising gas and energy prices, skyrocketing food prices, and record inflation. To help them cope with their suffering, they take the time each day to remind themselves that the defense secretary is black, the state, uh, the state department spokesman is gay, and the press secretary is both black and gay. Whenever we're tempted to feel sad, we, we should just think about the diversity of the president's cabinet, said Nancy Jones to her daughter. Nothing is more important than diversity. Yay! Sources in Washington say diversity is the number one concern of the average American and Biden plan and that Biden plans to hiring bring or excuse me. And Biden plan, plans to bring more diversity to leadership. We're not going to stop until literally every federal bureaucrat is a queer minority, folks, said Biden. It's what the American people want. At publishing time, the Joneses and had been unable to buy a home due to skyrocketing interest rates, but they took comfort knowing that the Treasury Secretary is a woman. Yeah, in, uh, <clears throat> I will say this about this. Um, what the hell? And then I'll also say to all of you who decided to sit on the sidelines over the winter and say, you know, I just it's just not the right time to buy. Uh, are you sure that uh, getting your house at six uh, percent instead of seven percent was uh, was worth it? I'm just uh, just waiting because uh, it, it's now seven percent uh, to buy a house here in Chicago. It was uh, under six percent a month ago. Um, I'll also say this for this story because I saw this statement come out from Miss um, Jean Pierre. Karine um, Jean Pierre. Um, actually, isn't it cringe, Jean Pierre? Because she is pretty cringe. Um, well, she's just the worst press secretary of all time. Well, yeah. I mean, and she's worse than cringe. Anthony Scaramucci, for crying out loud. I, I She's worse than uh, what's his face? Um, Sean Spicer. I thought he was, I thought <laughs> yeah. he sucked too. I mean, it was just like, holy crap. Um, yeah. Uh, At least they didn't suck. He was a competent liar. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you, you, you have to, I'm like, do you really think people care about what you are? I'm like, don't, wouldn't you want to be more confident, qualified? She, she's not speaking to you and I, Pat. She's not speaking to us. She's speaking to the base, the base that believes that this is the most important thing ever. Yeah, well, apparently their base is that dumb. Correct. You, you, you would be correct on that. But uh, yeah. but yes. So with that being said, speaking of which, Pat, I think it's time for us to get into a brand new Richard of the Week. All right, Pat, the nominees. 
The nominees are, as you know, we, we nominated Cringe Jean-Pierre, um, and that was for her uh, diversity comments of... Uh, the, by the way, there were multiples of them. Yeah, there, there were multiple. One, like, that there's, was there's, celebratory there's, there's over the most diverse uh, cabinet in history, right? The most diverse yeah. White House ever. And then secondly, the Federal Reserve, right? The chairman of yep. the Federal yep. Reserve... It matters not their economic policy, but their diversity quotient. Are you shitting me? They're literally the only thing that matters. Cringe, Jean-Pierre. The only thing about the Federal Reserve Chairman that matters is their monetary policy. Uh, yeah. Usa on a Friday. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Then you have Pete Buttigieg, who... Buttigieg? Apparently, finally made it to East Palestine, Ohio, by the way. But uh, he freaking took forever and still doesn't get why that's an issue. Um, correct, correct. Yep. Yeah. And then stuttered and stumbled and uh, seemingly didn't know what the hell he was talking about through his entire uh, spiel in East Palestine, uh, Ohio. And then you have uh, also in that same vein, uh, Pete Buttigieg's press secretary. Ah, I forgot to pull the video, but she, she didn't want to take questions on camera because that's apparently aggressive. You're a press secretary. That's literally right? your job <laughs> is to take questions on the record, off the record, on camera, off camera. And, and, then and, finally and you see the video, by the way, it's the most condescending bullshit of all time, because what is happening is the people, the, the press, right? The group mm -hmm. of of uh, journalists, if you will, right, are attempting to get answers from Pete Buttigieg. The press secretary then waves them off and says, hi, I'm here. I will answer your questions and then refuses to answer the questions. There's nothing more richer than that, in my view. Um, and then, of course, we have Joy Behar. And, and, and why do we have Joy Behar, Andrew Coppins? Well, um, I mean, a uh, myriad of reasons, right? I mean, look at what well, she did sure. with the Nikki Haley comments. Uh -huh. um, you know, I, I just, we could go on and on when it comes to Joy Behar. Um, but she suggests that the people of East Palestine got what they deserved by electing Donald Trump. What? Huh? Now, now I, I will tell you this, okay? The, the, we're getting what they got what they deserved for voting for Trump because of transportation regulations, allegedly. Yeah, Except for it, it was supposed to be automated or automatic or whatever. Um, uh -huh. Like, some something had changed, some verbiage had changed from manual to automated checking of certain safety aspects, except for this actually has, we have no idea if this did or didn't have anything to do with it. This is just a leftist talking point because it's the only thing that changed and that could be don't No, Sometimes there's just a natural disaster and it's a natural disaster. But, oh, it's about um, leftist jobs. That's what it's about. So I want you to think about this, right, Pat? I mean, I, I just... 
Behar says that East Palestine got what they deserved because they voted for Trump. What? That's not even just Richard. That's that's basically pure evil. In my mind. It, and then the answer to the change of regulation, not a deregulation, by the way, a change in regulation is to more regulate the already probably greatest regulated industry in America, the railway. I was going to say it's one of them anyway. If not, it's one of them. Yeah. Airlines might be first. Then railroads might be second. Yeah, I I would actually argue. I would actually argue it's that way. I think airlines are probably more. But the absolute insanity of people like Joy Behar, right? No, 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 no. We... The, the rising crime, the insanity that is happening in our urban areas, that, that's not a leftist problem. We've only controlled these places for literally a century. But those few regulations in the, in the bureaucracy of the Department of Transportation, right, that, cha- that, that take forever the machinations of to actually work through the system, those are the things that you bastards just F right off Joy Behar mm. alright so we got Behar we've got Buddha Judge that and who's the other one we have the Buddha oh, yeah, Judge Secretary yep. and then and then Corinne Jean-Pierre okay Corinne Jean-Pierre and the winner so uh, I, I think I think we, we, we both got this uh, Joy Behar yeah yep yep, yep. Yeah. Joy Behar uh-huh uh-huh you, you, you bastards in East Palestine! You guys voted for Donald Trump, and you got your comeuppance. Now, I will say this, Pat. Let's reverse this because there's a place that is heavily Democratic, right? And it's this uh-huh. place called Flint, Michigan, right? Yeah, yeah. They have had mm-hmm. Democratic control of that government for 50, 60, 70 years at this point. Yeah. Uh huh. Correct me if I'm wrong, they still have issues with their water supply not being healthy enough to <clears throat> not kill their citizens, right? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah and and then do, the state do. is largely controlled by Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the federal bureaucracy that could also help them is largely controlled by whom? Uh, Democrats, leftists, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leftists? Yeah. yeah. So should I suggest that Flint, Michigan is getting what they deserve? Just 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 curious on that. Now that would be insane because it's insane. But we want to play the game. Let's play the game, right? So Flint, Michigan is getting what it's deserves. Screw you. Like what kind of a human being are you? You are a absolute trash human being, Joy Behar. Absolute trash. Why is she still on television again? Because of stuff like this. Probably gets them what little ratings they do get. Like other than mm-hmm. other than doctor's offices and maybe the uh, airport, where else are people watching this show? Like seriously, who the hell watches this? I think she needs to go through the same sensitivity training that uh, Donna Lemon's going through. And, and I'm going to be clear on this. If you are a a person who loves them some Joy Behar in The View and you don't like me, I also don't like you. And that's okay. 
I will gladly not be associated with you. Like, cool. You don't want to associate with me. I don't really want to associate with you either. So we're cool with that. But that I'm being- not going to be an asshole to you like you would be an asshole to me. I'm just going to go on my merry way and not care about you and your opinion. That That's the difference here. That being said, I think I think we should start a movement to get you on The View so that you can debate Joy Behar in person. Would it even be a debate? No, but it would be hilarious for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, Pat, let's get to our worst takes of the week. Starting with yours. Your worst take of the week uh, is from whom? James Cameron? Uh, Jimmy Cameron. James Cameron. You know, the guy that does Avatar? In the Titanic, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, he said that uh, Thanos is right. Uh, he's like, I can relate to Thanos. I thought he had a pretty viable answer. The problem is nobody is going to put out their hand to volunteer to be the half that has to go. So, in other words, James Cameron believes that uh, if you've seen Avengers, um, Infinity War and Endgame, Thanos does the Infinity um, snap and wipes out half of well, all life in the galaxy, but half of humanity being one of them. And um, yeah, he thinks that's an okay thing. Um, he doth think he a jackass. Yeah, I was going to say, have you seen either of those movies? Because I know Which you're not one? like a big comic book guy. So the Avengers movies with... with the whole infinity. I think I saw Endgame. Maybe I. It's been a very long time. Let's put it this way: you lost me when you had to start putting minor characters into movies, and then Avengers. It no, no, mm. they just lost me. Like mm. the well, whole, we have to pay attention to a whole universe of characters, and and this character belongs in this. No, no, no. Just entertain me. Stop. Stop making it stop making it into a, a whole thing. No, no, no. Just entertain me. Just I, I don't need a story arc that lasts 20 movies. And if you didn't pay attention to movie 15, you missed the, the whole point and oh my god, the plot of 20 doesn't make sense because of 15. No, just entertain me. This just in, uh, Andrew Coppins is not a comic book person. I can be. Just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) There's a difference between the story arc of Iron Man, right? Okay. Uh Or the story arc of Batman. And then, oh, by the way, you must pay attention to the story arc of this character that appeared in one episode uh, or one comic book, right? One thing that he appeared in with Batman. And you must know who this individual is in order to pay attention to the seventh movie of the 20th movie. No. Just no. Entertain me and shut up. In any case, um, is this bad, by the way, to, to suggest that uh, half of humanity should go? Yes, Pat. Yes. Um, and then, by the way, uh, James Cameron, um, if you're going to throw this out there. Um, Volunteer yourself first. You, you, you first. Yeah, bro. You, you first, my you friend. First. You first. All right. My worst of the week is uh, from the bowels of hell, just like that idea is. 
God is gay. God is a lesbian. God is trans. God is gender non-binary. God is straight. God is cisgender. God is black. God is white. God is Middle Eastern. God is Asian. God is differently abled mentally and physically. God is able-bodied. God is you, and you are God because you are a reflection of God's divine image. I'm just going to say this. Blasphemy in real time? No, 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 not that. If you ever need proof that the spirit of the age exists, here you go. Because this is literally the the convincing of the world that the devil doesn't exist, that, that everything is not just a creation of God, but that it is God. You, the perversion. This isn't blaspheme. This is a perversion, Pat. An Fair. utter perversion. Of this is if. Yeah, I was gonna say if if Satan were to ever give a sermon, this would be one of them. Yes, yes, absolutely. This is the spirit of the age, incarnate in whatever bullshit. Um, sect of Christianity that this pastor is a pastor of. My guess is that this is likely the Episcopalian Church. That that's going to be my guess. Pat, can you look this up real quick? Yeah, I think I it was um not the B that had this one, but I'm, I'm curious as to the the wonderful denomination that this this devils spawn <laughs> because I can't I can't think of a bigger abomination. Also, Pat, this concept of the church of me, this is it in its incarnate state. This is this is literally the church of me. I am God, you're God. No, we are not. Are we made in the image of God? Yes. That is a very important distinction. Because if I were God, Pat, or you were God, we would be omnipotent, number one. We would... We would be able to control everything and everyone, right, on this planet. What in the absolute fresh hell was this? I am God. You are God. God is this. God is that. No. God literally spoke to Moses telling us about the abomination of your lifestyle, by the way. If you really want to go down this road of Leviticus, right? God spoke directly to his people, the people he put on earth, and said, you shall not lay with a man. You shall not do this. You shall not, or you shall, by the way, because the laws of Leviticus are as much about things you don't do as they are about things you should do, the things that will please God. This is an uh, absolute abomination of any Christian, any Judaic Christian teaching. Any. There is only one person on this earth who is a living, a living God. That person, as it is taught to Christians, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was begotten of man from God. God's 
only begotten Son, sent to earth as a representation of God on earth to suffer, die, and repent for our sins. That's it. That is the only living, actual living being that would have been a representation of God. We are an embodiment of God, as we are taught. This is, theologically, this is absolutely insane. On every level. Um, so, looking this up on Not to Be, they don't actually tell you where this is from. Um, and I, so I went to Twitter where they were, where this is at, and I haven't found it in the comments either. So I have no idea what church this is from. <sighs> but I, I just, holy, how do you theologically get there other than you are a living embodiment of the devil? I, I, I'm just going to say that. I, am I missing something here, Pat? You are living out the devil's work. That's what we, you want to talk about. What, what the hell are you talking about with the spirit of the age? This is the spirit of the age and the church of me all in one. Because I happen to be either trans or gay or whatever bullshit is coming out of that, that individual's mouth, right? So I need to twist the Bible and I would suggest that it's also a case in which a lot of Christians do this for other aspects. And I that's why I call it the church of me, right? Mm. I call it the church of me because, again, we talk about hipster Jesus. Oh, because I want to do something in my life. I want to. That's the only gospel they care about is how do I pervert scripture into and twist it into these are the scriptures I need to follow, and I'm not going to follow these, and I'm not going to do this. Look, are we all sinful? Do we all fall short of following all the laws and regulations and commandments and, and things of God? Of course. Of course we do. But there's a difference because there's a path of atonement. There's a path of redemption. There's a path of repentance that you must follow in order to continue down that path. Instead, these people... The church of me just goes about saying things like this to justify, not to repent of their sin, to justify their sin, to make their sin look as if it is a reflection of God and God's will. No, it's not. No, it's not. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And we have the most diverse administration ever, except for when it comes to qualification, education, and experience. Oh, yeah, that thing called meritocracy? Yeah. Oh. So, folks, have yourselves a good weekend. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.